Okay, we record it. All right. What's going on, y'all? Brad Stevens here for the Herald and Brad, Winnie City Pod, Podcasters, whatever. Anyhow, HD, what's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up? And you can call me A. Now, for those that don't know, we started off the show and I didn't hit record, so we're doing it again. Halfway through. <laughs> okay, we have a very special guest, Sarah Stavini. What's going on? Hello, thank you for having me. No doubt, great to be here. So, once again, the question we we always ask people is, what's your connection to Chicago, and what kind of art do you create? Uh, I was born in Meadows Park and uh, then grew up in Evanston, Illinois, moved to Boston for college and then came back as an intern at Second City my senior year and then um, have been here ever since living in Lakeview and then Andersonville and now in West Rogers Park. Yeah and the kind of art that I like to create I, I'm, I like to create art with the with the people and the landscape of the city that I live in especially Rogers Park. I, I like to create things that are funny, but that are also a part of, you know, the people and the friends that I have, <laughs> you know, and that includes you. You know, we've worked together a couple of times and I just feel like, I feel like we have really great artists here in Chicago and we, and we are, we should be seen as a national threat to the talent that we have here. And that's why I want to create as much as I possibly can. I here. second city that. <laughs> you know what? Like a lot of those lines, I saw the trailer for you, you work on a, you work on a web series called Corey and Sarah Famous, right? Absolutely. We are still editing that web series because we filmed it last summer and then right. uh, COVID hit while we were in the middle of editing. <laughs> right. So it is, we are working on it and we have a website and we are very, we have sizzle reel out and nice. yeah, you can see so many uh, Chicago artists that are in our series and that we're hoping to continue with that moving into season two. Good stuff. I love it. I love it. writing partner Corbett Pascoe and our other um, we, uh, our other person that works with us is uh, Kyle Hammond who is from uh, Straw Dog and we are Corey and Sarah famous. Right. <laughs> shout out, shout out, shout out. Yeah, we, we have to represent for the people that we work with because our people are our, our, our teammates and, and our teammates are who help us become who we are in the future. So yeah, shout out. Cause I know my buddy Brad right here, man, we go back like 22, 23 years, back to our acting the troupe that we started way back in the day. And here we are today, still creating together. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and that was really important to us as well uh, in who we brought in to direct. 
The first person that, that we thought of was Antoine McKay because he and I did uh, Rogers Park together and we're very good friends and he's a, not only an amazing improviser uh, and actor, but he's a really good director. Lillian Brown did uh, one of our episodes, Jesse Fisher, and then um, Kyle Hammond did the, did the other three as director. And so it was just a really great, wonderful time that I can't wait till everybody can see it because it's, it's we're working on it. We're working on it. You know, but to your point, it, I saw the trailer and, I, and it was it was exciting to see all the local talent in it. It's like in, in the trailer and, uh, and and some of the parts of the of the show was really exciting. And we, we had to get Corbett. We, we had to get her on the show too. We had to get her. That's your writing partner. You all have written a lot of a number of things together, right? Uh, yes, we have. We started um, as ensemble members at the Factory Theater, uh, which is on Howard. Right. Um, it's a well, no, no theater is happening right now, but it's a great theater that's on Howard. That's been around for about twenty six years, and it's all original work. And so she and I wrote our first piece there called "The League of Awesome," right? Uh, which was about superheroes. We've written about seven things for stage and then created the YouTube channel Get in the Car and that was just Corey being bored in the car and wanting to um, <laughs> record me so she would just ask questions and right. see what would happen and then now uh, uh, Corey and Sarah are famous so we have a couple of other things up our sleeve that we're writing people hit me up to see if I was interested in doing the shows that were starting in August or in September. And on the one end, I want to work. But on the flip side, it's like, I don't want to be the first one to jump in the pool, so to speak. You know, I want to see how things happen, whatever. So how comfortable do you feel with getting back on stage, getting back to doing television and film as the industry starts opening back up? How comfortable do you feel? I'm much more comfortable with te television and film than right. I am with theater. Theater's live, and you need to right. have the audience there. And performing for half an audience sucks. We all know that. Like, even when it was the before times, you don't like to perform for 10% of the audience. If you're doing a comedy, I mean, that sucks. You don't want to do that. So that that being the the most that you can have in there, especially some of these bigger houses, smaller houses, it's so intimate. Like, how right. do you... How do you navigate that and stay healthy and also do the art that you want to create? Um, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how that's going to work right now without them having much more of an idea of what sort of vaccine or just treatment, yes. you know? Yeah. It's just putting too many people, especially in the bigger houses, you have so many people working backstage that you don't even see. It's, there's, there's so much that goes into putting up a show, we all know. Right. And how do you navigate yeah. that and also keep everybody safe? Because you know, as, as soon as someone gets sick, they can shut down your theater. And Absolutely. all of these, yeah, and all of these theaters can only open once. They can only yeah. come back once. take it all the way back to the beginning where, where, where did you start what what where was the spark and what how did you get started uh i started as a uh, piano player i was a pianist me too, um, me too. Yeah! 
my mom played and I I just started playing what she did and um, that was kind of the trajectory of my life for, or, for when I was a kid. But I always wanted to sing and I always wanted to get on stage and you know piano's kind of isolatory and I love it. There's nothing wrong with playing the piano. Right. It taught me it taught me how to read music, taught me how to uh, math. I mean there's so many great things about but I wanted it to be in conjunction. But yeah, when I was a kid, you know, I used to sing to a to a brush in my room, all of the ABBA songs, and look out the window and think that the winner did take it all, you know? <laughs> At least you can hold the notes. I couldn't. I was like, Um, and then in middle school, I got to do, you know, school shows and I and I got really, really interested in it. And I always knew that this was something that I really wanted to do and I was passionate about it. But I didn't really begin doing it uh, until later in high school and then college. College was when I made the decision of, no, I don't want to go to college to be a doctor. I will play one on TV. Because <laughs> before that, I kind of tried to do both and said, oh, I'll have a backup and I'll go for something else. And I I just knew that, that, that I was faking it. I wasn't giving it all of the time and commitment that you needed to have to make that my career. Right. But I always did that with theater and acting and producing and writing. There was just no question about how much time it would need to take or how much interest that I would have. It just was a, a never ending pool of interest. So you know when you're right. when you're doing what you love that that's the right thing for you. So then in college I asked um, if I could intern at Second City. They I don't know if they'd had one before, and I got 12 credits, and I worked in the office, and I worked as an assistant director, uh, got into their conservatory program, started my own theater company with my husband for 13 years. Uh, that's where I met Bradford. And then I turned to equity. Running a company was really never the thing that I wanted to do. It's so hard. Right. I don't know how hard it is. I'm concerned. Yeah, so time consuming. Uh, so when I turned equity and our company was not, it was kind of, the, it was the time, it was, we were ready. We told all the stories that we wanted to tell and we kind of moved on. I got picked up by Great Talent Group. Uh, they saw me in Free Penny Opera with uh, the Hypocrites at, at uh, Seven Wolf Barrage and that kind of changed my career from there. Then I went SAG, and now I work as an actor full-time, and then coach part-time and teach uh, on camera and acting. So this is, this is me. This I is love I it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> Let, let's, let's talk about that role on Empire. That, uh, oh, sure. So you were the nurse doctor. Uh, your character, were you at the bedside of Lucius? Uh, I was, but I was a board member. <laughs> uh, at the end of the season, at the end of season one, they sold the company. They made it public, and so a board bought it. And I oh, you were on the elevator. Yes. <laughs> Dear mom, yeah, that, that was, was that was me with Andre Royo, who is an amazing, amazing. Actor. Oh my god! Wow, see how it came right back because I yeah. was like, wait a minute, wait a that minute. That was one of the strangest auditions that I've ever had in my entire life. That was an amazing role. Thank you. It was it was a huge thing because they were they were convinced it was going to be cut. 
Uh, the whole idea of a middle-aged plus size woman having that happen in an elevator and still like having power and having, you know, the high status, even though in that episode, someone was underneath Lucius's desk. It didn't matter. That's okay. Because it was, you know, a different kind of status. He, it's a guy instead of a woman. Um, so they thought for sure it was going to be cut. And Senna, the, the executive producer, she fought, she just fought so hard to keep it. And, and it changed my career. Because then that spring when they needed board members to come back, they brought me and uh, Will, who played Leonard, uh, my cohort. And then we just kind of became the foils to the Lions. Right. <laughs> we kind of kept giving the company to different sons every single right. time that we could. Because, you know, I saw every episode all se- every season, you know, that and power I kept up with. And particularly that and your characters really stood out. That's why it yeah, came yeah. right back to me. When you said they sold the company, I became a board bro. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was super lucky because then um, uh, then when um, when Eddie came, when. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, I'm losing his name. How can I lose his name? Ask me a question. I'll come back to it. <laughs> we'll come back to it. We, we did, you know, we did that last week. We interviewed somebody. We're like, what's the actor's name? And then it came back halfway through. But, uh, it's well, Forrest Lotus- Whitaker. It's Forrest Whitaker. Oh, right. yeah. Forrest Whitaker. Of course. So when he came in, they gave us one note. They gave me one, they gave us one note. They said, okay, he's the Quincy Jones. And that's why I got confused about what his name was because the Quincy came right. in. Uh, he's the Quincy Jones of Empire. So like he, he's representing like a family member that's associated with them that comes in and he's um, and so I was like, oh, okay. So apparently I made like some sort of facial expression when he walked into the room and the, and the showrunner saw it. And then they said, oh, now we're going to have Edna be interested in Eddie. And so that's how that happened. Oh, okay. Okay. Which, okay. which I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was so lucky. It was such a, uh, such a gift to work on that set. They were great. Right. They're great. Well, you know, we have said that, like, you, you're a member of Factory Theater. I, I love the factory. You Me did too. work at Porchlight, Straw Dog. So, so what are some of the uh, similarities and I guess maybe some of the differences between working on stage and doing television and doing film? Like, from, from a technical standpoint, what are some of the similarities and differences? Oh, well, I mean, with theater, you have so much, I mean, you have the, it's finite, but you have time to rehearse and then get yourself into performance mode. And then the magic begins because then you can really play and you have, you know, lots of, lots of times to do it eight shows a week or, or if it's, if it's a smaller production, uh, a few shows for the weekend, but you have all of these opportunities to redo it over and over and over again and, and just experience the joy of doing that work. Um, television film, you, you still are doing it over and over and over again, but once you're done and they hit cut, you never have to do it again. So it seems, um, it's a, the completion is, is out of order and it's also a shorter amount of time. So you have to just really like all of your active listening, all of just dive in and be in that moment and, and provide a lot of different options that they can choose from to edit. Right. Um, that's what I see the difference, but like, we're so unique. Chicago has the greatest, we're the greatest theater city in the world. I think like maybe actors who may not know, 
made a no, I don't know, I get the feeling they, they made a no how thriving this theater scene here is in Chicago. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I love the theater scene. Like it just seems like it's this type of city where like to your point, you can get a couple of friends, let's start a company, start a company and legitimately start a company <laughs> that is doing doing great work <laughs> you know and, and on the other end people can always go find a show go find a good show and it's something that fits their particular mode of theater too there's all types of theater happening here in the city in all little nooks and corners right yeah, yeah. and it's not and, and the ability to I mean I don't want to say cut your teeth because I feel like there's non-equity in their storefront things that are happening that are better than some of the things that are from the bigger houses because they're raw and they're vulnerable and there's just such great work being done throughout the city but it really is an opportunity where you as an actor can come into the city and make your name and right. really, really, you know, thrive here. And that is that is a lot harder to do in other places because they don't have, there's no, I mean, there's no theater in a lot of these other places except for tours that come through. And that's including Boston, San Francisco, and, and right. even Los Angeles. Like, there's not a lot of stuff there. New York is its own thing. But but even there, you know, you have Broadway, which is like our downtown, you know, um, Chicago area, like Randolph and whatever. But then as far as the off-Broadway stuff, we have just, I don't know. There's just stuff everywhere. That's awesome. Oh la la. Yeah.